This is Toastcaster, Volume 22, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. This episode, The Courage to Conquer and Beyond. Welcome to Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Today, a conversation with Toastmasters International President, Distinguished Toastmaster and Accredited Speaker, Jana Barnhill. It was quite an experience to sit down and chat with an inspiring and accomplished person like Jana Barnhill. Now, we all know her theme for the year is Courage to Conquer, but today we want to go beyond the courage to conquer. Jana believes that people have potential to do great things. She's going to share with us a number of things today, including what has influenced her and who has influenced her in her life. She's going to tell us some personal things about why she's different and how she struggled to overcome some of those differences. How people can affect you just by something that they say, perhaps when you were a child. She's going to share some secrets on how you can overcome the obstacles, even something that's so small that's holding you back. She's a firm believer in confidence and communication. And of course, that's how Toastmasters can help. I'm really happy that she's going to share some success stories, some of the things that she's seen or she's experienced on how people had the courage to conquer. Jana's going to come clean about her first interview and how things didn't go so good. An horrifying experience that she had at an international speech contest level. She really shows us that although she is the president, that she's human just like the rest of us and how we can all learn from those experiences. And that's one of the reasons why that Jana, after 25 years, is still a Toastmaster. So please sit back and relax my conversation with Jana Barnhill. We're speaking with Jana Barnhill, International President for Toastmasters International 2008-2009. She's a distinguished Toastmaster and an accredited speaker. Hi, Jana. How are you doing? Hi, Greg. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. It was really fantastic to have you at our district conference in Saskatoon this weekend. Oh, I had a wonderful time. What a beautiful city and fabulous Toastmasters. I enjoyed every minute of it. It was absolutely a blast. Over the weekend, you shared with us your theme, your philosophy of how you lead your life, the courage to conquer. Can you tell us a little bit more about what does that mean? Greg, there are so many people out in the world today who have potential to do great things, but they don't believe in themselves. And to me, that's what courage to conquer is all about. Whether you are facing physical challenges or emotional challenges or challenges with other individuals. It it could be a plethora of reasons why you don't have the belief, the confidence in yourself, and that holds you back. And I just want people to know that they can do 
whatever it is they are wanting to do. And there is a place you can go that will instill that confidence and allow you to see the potential in yourself and and have the courage to go out then and do whatever it is that might have been holding you back. For me, there are some people who have really made a difference in my life and, and have influenced me. One was my dad. You know, my dad is was not a highly educated individual, but he did very well for himself because he believed in himself and he always worked so hard. My husband, Bob, is is another person who I looked at later in my life, you know, at this, I entered college and I met this guy and he has suffered some major personal setbacks, both physically and financially. He, he has had cancer twice. The first time that he had cancer, he was right in the middle of his third year of law school and working on his master's degree at the same time. And for many people, that would have been enough for them to just say, well, I've got to drop out and I I can't continue to do this. But he didn't. He, within a week, he had had two surgeries. He missed, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks of school and then was right back in there just dragging himself to school, carrying around a pillow because it it hurt him so badly when he would cough or something else. But he never stopped. And he went on to finish in the top of his class. Both of those men have been big inspirations to me because I see firsthand what it's like for people who have major obstacles like that. For me personally, I have a neurological disorder. And because of that, there are many, many, many simple everyday tasks that I cannot accomplish by myself. It's something that I've, I've had since I was a child. And I know what it's like when there's something about you that's different. And when you have that, there's always someone, be it a fellow classmate, and and of course we know how cool they can be, (laughs) but teachers and other adults as well, they don't even realize the damage they can do by just saying, one little thing that might stick with you for the rest of your life if you don't develop a technique or, or a, an ability to let that go. And so I have struggled with that for a very long time because I do have some differences. But then I look at other people, you know, like Bob, and, and here he's, he's, like I said, he had cancer twice, and but he never let it stop him. He never let it get him down. And so he's a real inspiration to me that, 
you know, as long as you believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what other people say, what other people might do to discourage you. You can keep going and accomplish great things. You had mentioned when you were younger, you said that there's small things that people could say to harm you. What were some of the things that maybe they said to inspire you? Or I know that your dad and Bob influenced you. I, I should ask maybe what were some of the influences when you were a child? In a positive way? Yes. I was very blessed to have wonderful, loving, encouraging parents. As far as they were concerned and as far as I was concerned, they never did anything to dissuade me or discourage me. As a matter of fact, it was just the opposite. They were constantly doing things to give me an opportunity to do things that maybe they never had the opportunity to do as children. And, it, you know, if, if, I, if I came in one day and was down or, or was upset about something, my mother immediately sensed that. And she just always knew what to do to encourage me, to lift me up, and, and just, just make me see that, that I, as a person, should be happy and, and not allow myself to get down because of things other people might say to me or, or because I might be frustrated myself because there was something I wanted to do that I physically couldn't do. She would make me see that there were other things that I could do that were just as special. So I, I was very blessed to come from a very loving, encouraging home. Bob was the same way to this day. He is the very first one when I get down on myself or start feeling like I can't do something he is the first one who absolutely refuses to, number one, listen to that, and number two, he refuses to allow me to say things like that. As soon as I say I can't do something, he is right there to say, oh, yes, you can. Now go do it. <laughs> well, Jana, you mentioned that your husband went through a major challenge that had occurred that needed the courage to conquer with the cancer and and yourself with the neurological challenges that you have can someone overcome some of just the everyday battles they're facing using this philosophy oh sure greg and and thank you for asking that because you can look at everyday life and it might be a mother who's just looking out for the best interest of her children i have a lot of friends who who have children in school at many different ages, and I listen to some of them talk about just the challenges they face in trying to get their kids into the best class, or, or maybe there's a, a teacher that they're, they're not pleased with some of the things that they're doing in the classroom. It might be a student, either a, a high school or, or a university student, who's intimidated by a professor or, or a teacher. It could be a couple who simply want to strengthen their marriage. Marriage is a wonderful thing, but it is hard work. And there are challenges every single day that couples face that require courage to get past. Uh, it could be people in the workplace who 
feel they have a lot to contribute, but they're simply not given a chance. Or, or maybe, maybe someone out there is a manager and they're simply not connecting or they're, they're not getting the most out of their team. And especially today, with the economy like it is right now, there are so many added pressures that people find themselves facing today that sometimes just getting from point A to point B is a challenge. Last week, I left Lubbock and and was supposed to be in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan at a certain time and missed one connection, and that threw me off seven hours. Little things like that can be very challenging. People need courage, even in instances like those, to be able to make the most out of that situation and not let it get the best of you. What would you say to some of these people? Where would they start? Because for some people, I'm sure that even the smallest thing might be really overwhelming, especially when they're all being piled up on top of them all at one time, right? Especially you mentioned the economy. That's a big thing. The layoffs, yeah. the cutbacks, the economy, the, the swine flu, all of these things that are happening. Yeah. Where would they start? What would you say to them? And Greg, in my opinion, the bottom line for all of these situations and for people to be able to face them, is it is all about confidence and communication. A person having confidence in themselves and the ability to communicate what they are thinking makes all the difference in the world. I see so many people out there, ordinary people, who could do extraordinary things, but they don't because maybe that mother that I talked about who needs the teacher to do something differently in the classroom or, or said that teacher said something to the child that maybe the child had a hard time with that and the mother needed to talk to the teacher about it and was simply not comfortable communicating. Look at couples. Almost always when there are problems in marriages, although there may be other factors involved, what catapults that into a larger problem is the couple's inability to sit down and communicate about it. Again, people in the workplace who may feel they have something to contribute but they don't have the confidence in themselves to speak up. So in, in my opinion, our having the ability to be confident in ourselves and communicate effectively what we are thinking can make all the difference in the world. And that is where Toastmasters fits into the picture because you know and I know that that's what Toastmasters does for us. Toastmasters gives us the skills to be able to effectively communicate. That in turn gives us a belief in ourselves because, you know, in Toastmasters, we can stand up and fail miserably, <laughs> but no one is going to make fun of us. No one is going to say things 
that cut us and make us feel guilty or like we are not worthy of something. Even when we fall flat on our face in Toastmasters, our fellow members are there to pick us up, to clap for us anyway, and to look at us and say, you know what, that didn't matter a bit. You're going to get up and do this again, and it will be better next time. And they do that every time. And before we know it, every one of us are saying and doing things that we may never thought we would have done before. And of course, when we communicate, that also means not only speaking, but listening. Oh, absolutely. Go back to the example of the couples. How many couples out there have one or both of the individuals said, my spouse doesn't listen to me? Teenagers today, one of their biggest complaints is people don't listen to me. So you you are absolutely right. Communicating is much more than our ability to stand up and speak. It's listening skills. It's thinking skills. It's all of that combined together. So obviously the huge elements of having the courage to conquer, as we mentioned, is having confidence, being having the ability to communicate, but also having the ability to listen. Now, being the president of Toastmasters International, having met a lot of people, have, having seen many things, what are some of the success stories that you've seen come out of this? Wow. On every visit I have made, Greg, there have been individuals who have come up to me and shared their story of how Toastmasters has transformed their life. From a gentleman who grew up a stutterer and had gained such a complex that he would never be able to accomplish anything great in his life. Today, that man speaks beautifully and attends conferences all over the country, helping other people who are stutterers and and speaking on behalf of Toastmasters to let them know what Toastmasters can do for them. I hear from individuals who are in very technically oriented fields, geeks like yourself, (laughs) the the gadget people, (laughs) and and you know I say that with love, the gadget people and and the people who, who are in highly technical fields. One of my favorite stories is a gentleman who is in the IT field, and and he came up to me and he said, Jana, I have had nine promotions in nine years, and he contributes every bit of that to Toastmasters because he has the ability to communicate his ideas in a way that, that so many of his peers do not. I have mentioned before the young woman named Summer, who just had such a troubled childhood and and young adult life and was kicked out of her home and somehow later found Toastmasters. And in Toastmasters, it was the first time in her life that she was ever surrounded by a group of people who were encouraging to her. As a result, she was able to gain confidence in herself and a belief that she could 
accomplished something, went back to school, got her master's degree. There's the story of Kathy, the, the woman who had suffered a stroke, another one of these people who did have a, a huge, what some of us would, would deem a very insurmountable experience, and it left her very debilitated. But Kathy went through years of therapy, and, and then she went on to Toastmasters and started finding that belief in herself again that her life could get back to normal and that she could go out and interact with other people again and work again and have, have a quality of life. I know so many students today who live here in, well, who live in the United States now, and they're attending university in the United States, but they may be from Taiwan or China or Mexico or other countries, and they come here totally intimidated by the culture and the daunting challenge of furthering their education in a country where they're speaking not their native language. And I hear wonderful stories from them about how Toastmasters has allowed them to excel in their studies. So everywhere I go, Greg, someone comes up to me and tells me what a difference Toastmasters has made in their life. And it makes you feel good too, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We are part of such a wonderful organization. You can't help but feel good about it. Let me ask you about yourself. Now, you, you seem like a natural communicator, but I'm sure <laughs> there was a time where eh, maybe that wasn't the case. So how about some, some time? Tell me about a time where things didn't work according to plan. <laughs> well, I've never been a shy person. <laughs> I don't find that hard to believe at all. <laughs> I know. I know. I do have the personality of an outgoing person, and, and I've, I've always enjoyed talking, but that certainly doesn't mean that I was effective about it. As a matter of fact, I've learned a lot in Toastmasters about how to structure my speech and how to make it more concise. There was a while when I hosted a talk show 30-minute talk show program on our PBS, local PBS channel. And I'll never forget the very first interview I ever, I ever conducted. We have several universities here in Lubbock. We have a, a major Big 12 university, but we also have a couple of small private universities as well. One of those universities had a, a new president. So I was interviewing this new president, had my questions all all laid out, came on, started the show. Well, that was when I learned the painful lesson of the importance of open-ended questions <laughs> when you're interviewing, because every single question I had written was a closed-ended question. And that was that was my very first interview, thankfully... I I was in Toastmasters at that time, so it allowed me to to think on my feet a little more and come up with some more questions as as we went along. But but I, I can't imagine, you know, had I been in that situation and not had the experience of of table topics in Toastmasters 
and, and some other experiences, I can't imagine what I would have done. I imagine I would have panicked and blubbered through it some way, but as it turned out, I was still able to make it coherent and have a, a good, decent interview. That was a great opportunity for me to remind myself that we always have something to learn. I was going to ask you what kind of evaluation you got from your producer. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, as I said, it, it I, I was able to cover it up and keep going, but I, I was certainly a little uneasy on the inside. I can imagine. Did, you, did it take you a while to get over it, or were you pretty much okay right after that? I was okay. I was okay. <laughs> but it was it was all hard lesson, and I was glad that I didn't embarrass the president, and I was glad that I didn't embarrass myself as well. But had it not been for Toastmasters, I might have. Any major blunders? Well, a lot of people know the story about the, the first time that I ever competed. I advanced to the region competition of the International Speech Contest, and I had only been a Toastmaster about nine months. Being at an audience that size was completely out of my comfort zone, and I got completely distracted by that. Went over time by, ooh, maybe a minute and a half. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You laugh now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Obviously you, <laughs> obviously, you overcame it. I mean, you came in second and third at the yeah. World Championships. Here's the great thing about Toastmasters. When that happened to me that night, I was devastated. And as soon as the banquet was adjourned, I ran to my room and I threw myself on the bed and I was just bawling. It was not long at all. And there was a knock on my door got up. I, I didn't I didn't even want to answer the door. But I got up and I answered the door and I could not believe it. Standing at my door and, and these people had to I, I guess they had to talk to my husband to find out where to find me. But there were two people. One was the visiting international officer who he himself had also competed, and he had gone three seconds over time in the finals of the World Championship one year. So he certainly knew how I felt. So he was there, but also here at a time when this person could have been soaking up miles and miles of glory from all of the, the people around him, the winner of the contest that night was also at my door. Both of them had come because they knew that I was upset. They knew what had happened to me, and they didn't want to see that experience cause me not to believe and myself. And because they did that, I was able to, again, get back to have the courage to come back 
and do it again. And the next time, I conquered it. There's another application of courage to conquer. You've practically answered, or partially answered anyway, my next question, which was, you've been a Toastmaster for almost a quarter oh, century. Yeah. Obviously, Did it this remind is people I was 12 when I joined? <laughs> That's right, 12, do the math. Yeah. No, we won't do the, we won't do the math. So I was just going to ask you, obviously that's just one thing that kept you going. What else keeps you going? It's been almost 25 years. Oh, yeah. Years. I stay in Toastmasters, Greg, because number one, especially now that I speak professionally, I know that I will never be perfect. No one will ever be perfect on the stage or even in any communication. So I stay because I know I have to do everything that I can to stay on top of my professional game. The other reason I stay is because of the thrill I get now of seeing the new members come into Toastmasters. I love watching the new members come in and see where they are in their skill sets and watch them week after week after week transform and learn and hone those skills and watch them be excited about it and come to the meeting the next week and tell us something that happened to them the previous week. I love that. And then the third reason that I stay is because our best friends now Aside from our friends in church, our very best friends are people we have met in Toastmasters. We have a, a group of friends who live all over. There's us, there's a couple in Dallas, there's a couple in Colorado, there's a couple in Minnesota, a couple in Canada, a couple in some other places in Texas, and we have grown to be so close. We vacation together, we spend holidays together, birthdays together, and interestingly enough, it's a group of people who, we're not the same ages, some are married, some are not, some have children, some have grandchildren, some have no children, we don't have the same religious beliefs, we certainly don't have the same political beliefs, and yet, (laughs) we would do absolutely anything. For each other and we love spending time together and we have shared wonderful times together and we have shared times with each other when the other has lost a family member or some other tragedy in their lives and so those are those are the three reasons why I stay in Toastmasters because I know I'll never be perfect because I love seeing those new members come in and and transform, and because my best friends are in Toastmasters. The friends of the camaraderie, that's another reason, that's another thing to help give you the courage to conquer. Absolutely, absolutely. You spend most of your life doing Toastmastering. (laughs) I do right now. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do when you're not? (laughs) Well, when when I'm not Toastmastering, and, and I... I've not had the opportunity to do near as much of of some things as I would like to do, but but I will again. 
I, I love going to the movies and, and also the theater. I, and I am on the board for our local community theater, but I do hope to have time to get back and do some more acting. But right now I just simply travel too much to, to allow me to do that. I love to cook. I love to read. I love to shop. And just spending time with friends, whether it's doing something serious or something fun. So those, those are the things that, that I, I really enjoy doing when I'm not postmastering. So that doesn't give you much time to work. I mean, you make the big bucks as the international president. Oh, right? yes. Volunteer position. Let's clarify that because no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, that's why I said the volunteer position. <laughs> So just maybe just share with us a little bit about your business. My husband Bob and I do have have a a small speaking and consulting company. It's just the two of us. Our company is Live Speakers Incorporated, and and the Live, by the way, stands for uh, Leadership, Innovation, Values, and Excellence. We actually have quite a niche that we speak to. The the majority of the speaking that we do is continuing education courses for CPAs. And attorneys. Now, before you say, "Oh, I, I never would have pegged you for either of those," and and you know that I'm not. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I could hear it. I might have been thinking. I might have been. Okay, I, I could yeah. hear it. Guilty. <laughs> for the very longest time, the only types of courses that these individuals were offered, and and they have to have so many hours of continuing education to maintain their licenses, they used to only be offered very the, the very technical courses that they needed. But fortunately, CPAs, they are a great example of an industry, a very technical group of people who realized, someone within that, that industry finally realized that it is not what we know. It is our ability to communicate it that allows us to be successful. Of course, CPAs, and, and they, they are the first to tell you this, are not known as a rule as great communicators. So about, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe not that long ago, they actually did start adding to their curriculum courses on things like communication, leadership, team building, managing change, strategic planning. Bob teaches all the technical courses, and I teach the ones that they refer to as soft skills, but they're really the harder because they deal with people. But who teaches the fun stuff? Who teaches the fun stuff? <laughs> well, it, it depends on who you're talking to because accountants think the numbers are the fun stuff, and of course, I, the people person think the communication and leadership skills are, are the fun stuff. But it's interesting, though, because when those courses first started being made available, though they were being attended, they weren't being attended in huge numbers. And I'm very happy to see that each year, more and more individuals are taking those courses. They are realizing how important it is. And then they get in there, and, and of course, they do have a good time. And then Bob and I both do uh, keynotes for conferences, and we both work as speech writers and coaches for other professionals. So that's what we do. Wow, much fascinating. This has been a blast. 
So, Janice, shall we tell the world that you and Bob have become honorary Canadians? <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs> we, we have and are quite proud of that. But I think what we'll do is we have some detail on that, but we'll save that for another time. Okay. Yeah, we have the we have the videos, we have the audio, so we will definitely save that for another time. Oh, wonderful! Eh? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, Jana, it's been an absolute blast speaking with you, and really appreciate you sharing with us about the courage to conquer. And the fact that you shared with us a lot of, about your lives and how it's affected you, it's obvious by what you're doing that you're certainly having an impact on, on the entire world. And we're very proud to have you as our international president. And we're very happy that you were actually were able to visit us in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada this weekend. Oh, thank you, Greg, for, for all of that. I have been having the most wonderful year, and it is such an overwhelming, humbling honor to have the opportunity to serve in this position this year. I just want every Toastmaster and, and everyone out there who's not a Toastmaster to know that no matter what you face in your life, whether it's large or small, personal or professional, there is no challenge that we cannot overcome. And Toastmasters is the very best place to to guide us and encourage us and, and to help us learn that. It's just been a wonderful experience for me, and I know it is for, for everyone else who is a member of this great organization. So how wonderful for me to get to meet people like you face-to-face and then have the opportunity to do this. And you, by the way, are just doing a great job with your podcasts, and I'm very proud of, of all that you do to help get the word about Toastmasters out through this medium and I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Jana Barnhill, International President, Toastmasters International, 2008-2009. Distinguished Toastmaster and accredited speaker. You can reach Jana through livespeakers.com or through Toastmasters International. And you can reach yours truly, Greg Gazin at toastcaster.com. Toastcaster podcast for Toastmasters is also available through Apple iTunes. See you next time.